0: Well, hey there, welcome back to this episode of the Dance Business Daily. I'm very excited to talk with my guest today, Lydia Woodward. We're gonna talk about what it takes to think like a CEO. This is Dance Business Daily, a daily podcast where you can always find real talk with real studio owners, where we'll share best practices, success stories, and actionable insights so we can all get a little bit better together. I'm Bryce Conlon and I'll be your guide. Welcome to the show and let's get into it. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm really excited to have my guest with me this morning, Lydia. Welcome. Good morning. How are you today?
1: I'm great, thank you.
0: Awesome. Well, Lydia and I were just sharing with each other that we're both a little bit nervous to be doing this, um, Lydia, because I you you're not really a, a podcast guest very often and me because this is our first as as i mentioned to you our first real episode um where we are talking to someone that we don't already have a deep relationship with so i'm a little nervous you're a little nervous i think we're gonna make this work though right yes all right so lydia you are the founder uh, of the southeastern indiana dance company did i get that correct yes tell me a little bit about your studio and how you kind of got into the role that you're in now
1: well i My background is obviously dance, um, but I was working in the corporate world and someone asked me if I would be interested in teaching some dance classes. So I said, sure. So I started teaching two classes a week. I ended up getting kicked out of my space. Um, So I was kind of scrambling. Finally found the perfect space And um, moved in with seven students and two classes a week. I had another small business going that I hoped would carry the dance studio when, in fact, the dance studio started carrying the other business until I finally just shut that business down.
0: Wow, I didn't know that. So so pause so you were in corporate America before so what what did you do in corporate America I'm just that's fascinating to me
1: I was uh, the executive director of two different <clears throat> at two different times um nonprofit corporations Wow so, Yeah so I've always considered myself a professional beggar always <laughs> asking for money <clears throat> And I'm still doing that.
0: (laughs) Well, that's, I think that's what it means to be in business for yourself, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, so you made the move, you started teaching classes. It sounds like, um, in, in, when was that when you, you know, kind of got opened your first studio and got into business?
1: Well, not my first studio, but this studio, this studio opened 15 years ago. We're celebrating 15 years.
0: Wow. And was it, was it an instant, you know, you said you had two businesses kind of going concurrently, and you hoped that, you know, the dance studio, you could support maybe, let's call it the hobby business with, exactly. with, the, with the real business, right? Right, right. And, uh, but then the, the studio started to pick up. Was that, was it a quick growth or did it take a while before it kind of started to gain some traction?
1: No, it definitely took a while. <clears throat> Mainly because I, I'd run businesses before, but a dance studio is not your normal business. So basically, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Just wandering around in the wilderness.
0: <laughs> so what is it? Because that because this is fascinating. Because my you know my background in Christian, my business partner's background. Um, are in marketing we have cut our teeth doing marketing in for corporations for sports franchises for uh restaurant and hospitality groups like that's where we got our start and we had the same experience when we came into the dance world (laughs) it was like whoa this is a whole different ball of wax and we've never really been able to get our finger on why exactly but to hear that you had the same experience what, what tell me a little more about that experience that it was like this is different than any other business that i've ever been in or run why do you say that because we we had the same experience i think it's because
1: um well n- number one is that people don't look at dance studios as a business they think it's just a hobby. Oh, I mean, I had one parent say to me, I made some comment about paying wages and her comment was, you get paid? <laughs> uh, I don't do this for free. So um, that's that's one thing. People just think it's a hobby. Um, it's also... Dance studio owners make amazing human beings. They, they do more than teach dance technique, or they should be doing more than teaching dance technique. There's so many things that dance helps children with. You know, it helps with focus in schools. In school, it helps with um, confidence levels, creativity, um, ability they're just so there's just so much involved and that doesn't even touch on the business side where you I don't know it's just a whole different way to reach people
0: there's some truth in that isn't there where when you think about I mean, in most cases, you you have your business and you sell a widget, and you look at the benefits of your widget, whatever the widget is, and you say, if you buy our widget, then X, Y, and Z, right? You'll go faster or higher or be stronger or whatever, right? Like your widget is very easy to quantify, but in right. but in but in the world of dance, you're you're right. It's you're teaching dance. Like, it's techniques, it's rhythm, it's footwork, it's posture. But really, that's not what you're delivering. It's this whole other, like, soft skills, human development side, which is tough to even begin to talk about, I think, in in many ways. Fascinating. Yes, but,
1: but you're correct. It is so much more than just teaching technique.
0: Wow. So so you you said something to me the other day and this is what I want to I want to ask you about cuz I'd never heard I talk to a lot of dance studio owners um, in the work that we do we hear from you know studio owners who are just who are just getting started in business we talk to studio owners who have been in business for 35 40 years and I've never heard anybody say what I heard you say which is I want to be the CEO of our dance company, of our dance studio. And it just, it it stood out to me. um, Well, again, because I'd never heard it, but even even more than that, because it was such an, uh, probably because you helped me shift one of my own cognitive biases where I realized like, oh, this is a business and you have a CEO of any other business. Why wouldn't you have one here? It's embarrassing to say, but you helped me flip that switch. But how did you come to that conclusion that you wanted to be the CEO of a dance, of a dance business?
1: I have a, <clears throat> a wonderful mentor. And and what he what he tries to instill is that you stop working in the business and start working on the business. So yes, I will always work in my business because I will always teach. But I am learning to delegate all those little $10 an hour jobs to someone I pay $10 an hour, you know? And it's it's a very different mindset for me because all I did was work in the business. I never stopped to look at the big picture. And um, I think the biggest change for me has been planning. Mm. I do, I do a yearly plan. I do a three, I do a quarterly plan every three months. I do a monthly plan at the beginning of every month. And now I'm starting to do weekly plans so that my goals are set out very specifically and tells me exactly what I should be working on every day.
0: That's amazing. Okay, so for those who may be listening who have heard the phrase working in the business versus on the business, um, working in the business, an example of that, Lydia, is is going in and actually teaching classes, is that? Teaching
1: classes, picking out costumes, uh, sorting costumes uh, welcoming um, your students and their parents if you allow them in that's working in the business
0: and so and what now, would be yeah and I, if you would like give some examples of what working on the business might look like to inspire those who may be listening
1: well um one is that it's it's i'm work I am now starting to, uh, work on my project plan for our next session, which starts in three months. So I'm planning, excuse me. I'm planning our marketing campaign. I'm planning all the big pieces of, of that, uh, whole session. Then as we get closer, then you start, um, breaking it down into smaller pieces but so right now i'm planning the calendar i'm what classes i'm going to teach and then in a month or so i'll put it all together
0: i I laid it out i love that so it's taking these big goals and dreams and first crystallizing what what it is that you want to achieve right right yeah say that's 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 a hard part is knowing even where you want to go because it's easy, in my opinion, in my experience, really, to hide behind busyness, right? And it's like you're always doing stuff. Then it feels like, you know, I must be doing a good job because look at how busy I am.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: (laughs) Okay. So you've had that experience as well. Oh,
1: yes. Oh, yeah. And it's easier. It's easier to do the little daily tasks instead of stopping and doing the planning.
0: Yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah. Um, did you, so, so has this freed up time for you? Like, you know, both bandwidth and headspace for you to, to focus on?
1: Yes, it has not enough.
0: Yeah, I'm <laughs> Never still, enough.
1: <laughs> I'm still, I've been looking for a ballet teacher for four years. But I live in this little small town of 6500 uh, 6500 people in the middle of nowhere and no one wants to come here you know the closest city is an hour away but they don't want to drive that far
0: well we'll we'll see we'll, well hopefully this will get you some traction so we're we're looking at like a, a Batesville Batesville Indiana right is that where we are? Yes. Okay. So, yes. if you know any ballet teachers in the Batesville area, <laughs> send halfway,
1: them our way. We're halfway between Cincinnati and Indianapolis.
0: Yeah. So, Lydia, I got to ask you a question because I I remember the first time I started really working on my business. Um, it wasn't it wasn't this business. It was um I was younger. It was a video production, marketing business, and it was the first time where i had handed off everything that needed to be done that week to somebody else and i remember having time to look to the future and plan our goals and set set vision in feeling um both antsy like really antsy about sitting down with quote nothing to do (laughs) um but i also felt i also felt really guilty about it like there were other people who were doing all this heavy lifting and I'm sitting at my desk with, with my feet up in a cup of tea, just like thinking about the future. And I actually felt really guilty about that. Did you, have you experienced anything like that? Oh yes. You, you have, you have tell me about that. Uh, Absolutely. Well, it, it's,
1: because you're, you're made to, I was brought up thinking that if you were idle, you're wasting time, right? Mm. Um, so you have to always, I'm getting ready to sneeze here. Hey, bless you. <laughs> so you have to always be doing something, right? Mm-hmm. So to just sit back and think and plan and be creative does seem like, and extravagance so yes i do know that feeling
0: yeah it it felt like it was doing something wrong right like at any moment someone was going to walk through the door and find me out you know (laughs) (laughs) i i did not i didn't like that but it did it does make a big difference when when suddenly you're able to articulate where it is that you want to go you're able to take your quarterly monthly weekly plans break them into small parts give people specific tasks right. um, which is very helpful i know a lot of studio owners struggle with delegation yes
1: right? very much so
0: right very much so. and delegation's hard um i think this is my again i'd like your opinion on this is in from my perspective looking in the reason why is because there's not enough specificity in what they're asking for So they'll they'll go to one of their people and say, okay, run a marketing campaign. And it's like, that's too broad. And so you're going to be disappointed in the results versus if you could say, I'd like you to go and find any great photos that we've taken in the last five years and put them into this file. Well, now they can do that. And they can be successful and you can be successful. Do you think that that's... Like, or or how have you experienced, like, as as you've started to delegate to people, how do you hand those tasks off in a way that they're able to win?
1: What I found out is that I have to know what the task is. I have to know, I have to know what it is so I can explain and express exactly what I want. And yes, it does have to be in small bites, because for me, I'm the only one that knows what's up here. So I have to be able to verbalize it and get it out.
0: All right, so what I heard from you, and I absolutely love what, you, what you've what you kind of communicated is this idea of delegation in, in, in tiny parts, right? Like it's in your brain. And if it's in your brain, then it's not in anyone else's brain. And um, it's, it's difficult to delegate, but it does create opportunities for you to f- focus on future growth in a way that you can't otherwise.
1: And another thing that I have learned to do is to write down the processes. You know, how, how do you set up Facebook ads. There's a whole little Bible of how to do that. You know, how do you open and close the studio? What are responsibilities? How do you order costumes? How do you size them? This is all in our studio Bible. And so when, if I lose my office person, the next person that comes in, they have, they can, they know exactly how to do it.
0: That I love. We, we're big fans. We call them um, SOPs over here, or standard operating procedures. It's like, here's your one sheet from top to bottom. Just follow it from like 0.1 to 0.15 and you will find some moderate level of success. Um, right. It allows for, if you've not done this yet, they're amazing because it allows for continuity right? Because you are going to move through things and your business doesn't like fall apart just because your front office person leaves or in this past year, they've, you know, they get sick and they're not around for a month or two or four. Um, what do you do? You know, you can just grab anybody off the street and be like, okay, here you go.
1: It also allows for the studio to run if I'm not there. Because I don't want to be at the studio 80 hours a week. I'm sorry. I love my job, but not that much.
0: (laughs) I don't think, I don't think you need to be sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh goodness. Well, Well, Lydia. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you.
1: That's her. I was just going to say, I like to have a life.
0: Well, well, it is important, right? find i just talked with a, a studio owner this morning and she said the same thing she's she's young she's you know like listen i'm you know recent recently uh separated from her uh spouse and now she's like i'm ready to get back into the world and live my life again and right. i and i can't because i'm spending 85 hours a week at the studio like
1: exactly
0: and that's not that's no way to live all right so so We've covered a lot in, you know, roughly 15, 20 minutes. We've talked about uh, the studio, where you are, what you're about. We've talked about kind of this viewpoint of becoming the CEO of your business. The practical takeaways there are take the big pieces, the big vision, like get clear on that and then break it into tiny pieces so that you can delegate it out, map out those processes and document them so that you can involve other people on your team and it's not just all in your brain um which is amazing and so if we could just the last thing that i want to get from you is what's the big dream for you you know like what is ultimate success in your in your studio business
1: wow ultimate success i would say um 250 students and a minimum of 10 percent profit
0: that's the goal, huh? Yeah. Two hundred and fifty students and minimum ten percent profit.
1: Because ten percent profit is really only breaking even. So ideally I'd like to have twenty five percent. But yeah. minimum ten.
0: well let's get let's let's aim high, right? Let's aim. High. <laughs> well, well in a that. town
1: of sixty five hundred people, two hundred and fifty students is a pretty high aim. Yeah, well,
0: I think that's really I just, I'm so impressed by you, just personally. I just, I really am impressed by the demeanor and the way that you carry yourself and the way that you think about your business. Um, It's unique. You might not realize it's unique because you are you and you live with you all the time. Um, But again, as somebody who talks to studio owners all across the country, you're you're showing up with a mentality and a viewpoint that is uncommon. And I want to call it out and applaud you for it. And for any studio owners who are listening to this, who are trying to figure out how do I begin this journey? I think step number one is doing what Lydia gave to us at the beginning of this call, which is see yourself as a real business owner. It's not a hobby business, it's a business business. Right. It's a fun business, can be a fun business.
1: Oh yes.
0: But it's a real business.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you're the CEO. I absolutely love it. Brian,
1: thank you. Thank, I absolutely thank you very love much. It.
0: My pleasure. Well, Lydia, it was great to have you on the show Uh, today. I absolutely loved talking with you, hearing your story, um, getting to know you a little bit differently than I think we've been introduced to each other so far. And um, I'm absolutely thrilled to have have you here on the show with us. And if you like what you heard and you're hungry for even more candid conversations with dance studio owners just like you, you can find us on Facebook under Dance Motion Marketing will come right up. You can subscribe to our channel on YouTube and click the bell for notifications. Or you can find us on all the traditional podcast outlets. Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and anywhere where you get your podcasts. That's it for today. Chat soon.